You're listening to Happy Healthy Hormones with Dr. Chris. Are you tired of the short-term patch to your health problems? Is avoiding medications and surgeries important to you? If you answered yes, then your prayers have been answered. Dr. Chris has been helping people transform their health for over a decade. He's a world-renowned health expert who specializes in holistic health. He's a professional speaker, chiropractor, and international best-selling author. It's his mission to help you reach your full God-given potential through holistic health and healing. Get ready to be inspired and transformed. Here's your host, Dr. Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show where disease takes a dive and people come to thrive. Today, I want to talk to you about what your philosophy is. What is it? What is your philosophy in life? Because your philosophy in life is going to dictate the decisions you make, the results you get, the heartache you receive, or the blessings you create. And so when we look at your philosophy today as it relates to your health, this philosophy translates into the physical being, the emotional being, the things you do for your family, the things you do for yourself, and the things you do for others. And when we look at our philosophy, a lot of times in our life, people are lost. We might think that we don't have a philosophy when that might actually be our philosophy, right? There's everyone has a philosophy, whether you think you do or think you don't, there's a philosophy out there. So what does that look like for you? How are you living your life? Are you basing your philosophy off of others and what you think philosophy should be? What you think society's view of, of a certain philosophy should be? And really when it comes to your health and other areas of your well-being, whether that be your family life, your relationships, your finances, is that if you tend to have the same philosophy as everyone else, then you should probably reevaluate your philosophy. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have a tight-knit group that have like-minded thinkers and you have similar philosophies, that's one thing. But that's a small group. See, when you have a large group, like say, if you have the same philosophies as, let's say, most Americans, well then, you're probably doing something wrong because when you follow large masses, there's usually something wrong with that philosophy, right? Because when you look at the results of that large group, it's usually not the results you're looking for. For instance, if you have the same philosophy with your finances as most Americans, then the reality is, and what the research shows, is that you're going to have a pretty bad financial situation. You know, you're going to end up with debt. You're going to end up making poor choices that aren't going to set you up well for your retirement or just living life now in the present, in the present purpose and state. And then also you look at health. Again, if you follow everyone else's lead when it comes to health philosophy in the United States, well, then you're going to end up having some pretty cruddy health. In fact, the statistics show that most Americans are sicker than they've ever been before. The average person takes 13 medications. You know, we are more overweight than we've ever been. But if you follow that same philosophy that's gotten us as a culture to that point, then you can't expect any different of a result. Right now, five out of six Americans are being diagnosed with heart disease or cancer. And I'm not saying these numbers to speak them over you, but we have to understand what those numbers are really saying. And if we just really look at them, um, you know, in an objective manner, what it's showing us is that if we don't do things differently than everyone else in our culture, 
then we're going to get the same diagnosis. We're going to die early. We're going to suffer. And that's not how God created us to live. And so what is your philosophy? What are your values? What are your standards? What do you really believe in? What do you really want out of your life as well? So let's just take the health philosophy, right? And see where people are headed with that. So most people in our country today look at their health as a need to know only basis, meaning, Hey, I don't need to know what's going on in my body until it's really bad. Then let me know. Then I'll do something about it. I.e. when you have the symptom, you're having the migraines that are so bad. Now you can't take it anymore and you go do something about it. The back pain that's just so ridiculous right now that it's starting to finally keep you from doing something that you enjoy, right? You're starting to have the chest pains and having the heart attack. Okay, now I'm going to go do something about it. Does that even sound like a good philosophy to have? Then why is it that you have that philosophy? Why is it that you're putting off your health? Why is it that you're dealing with these symptoms? Your body is trying to tell you something. It's trying to warn you. It's trying to create a, a sense of presence. But why even wait until you're having the symptoms? Wouldn't a better health philosophy be to be preventative and invest in your body now to keep its longevity and its function high so that you can enjoy life and not get stuck making a decision, a knee jerk, a reactive decision about your health when you're in that crisis state. Because when you're in that crisis state, your mind and your environment is in a place of fear. When you're in that ER, when you're in that hospital, when you're in that doctor's office, you're making decisions based out of fear and urgency there. And then when we make that decision with fear being the motivating factor, it's really tough to make a good decision when it comes to our health. That's why you see so many people getting scared, whether it be from their doctor or by themselves or their cultural norm that they think they need to do, getting scared into doing things like chemo and radiation and surgery right away. They get the diagnosis a week or two later, they're on the operating table. They're in the chemo room. They're in the radiation room and not even looking back. Not even taking a second to digest, really seeing if that's really the best scenario they should go down. Or if there are some other routes that are more natural, that are not as harsh on their body, but they don't take the time to think about that. And that's a, a really sh big shame because Right now, the majority of people's reactions put them in a medical model, meaning drugs or surgery. Well, guess what? The biggest killer of our <laughs> culture right now is not a disease, but actually medications and surgeries. So when you add it up, it just doesn't make sense. Now, to put this into perspective, the average American spends $800 a month on their car. Can you believe, yeah, $800 a month. You say, well, Dr. Chris, I don't spend that much. Well, start to add it up. The car payments you have, the maintenance you're doing on that car, the fuel that you're putting into it, the tune-ups, the oil changes, the new tires, the new air filters, the insurance you have on that car, washing your car, right? The list can go on and on and on, but the point is, most people are spending more money on their car than they are taking care of their body. They're trying to 
keep the longevity of their car going for as long as possible when you can always get a new car, but you can't replace your own body. Just imagine if the average American spent even half of that on being preventative in their health, going to a chiropractor and getting adjusted so the nervous system can function and heal and repair itself like it's supposed to going and eating organic foods and eating the best quality foods to nourish your body and nourish that nervous system that allows your body to heal and repair itself. You know, going to the, the gym, maybe investing in a personal trainer if you need that. Making sure you're taking some good quality supplements that are going to help supplement the, the things you're putting into your body and to help your brain health because we're getting bombarded by so many different factors in our environment that are degrading our brain health to keep us from getting Alzheimer's and dementia and all these chronic autoimmune diseases. Just imagine that. How much better off would our society be? How much better off would you be? We say, Dr. Chris, I can't afford that. You know, my philosophy is, you know, I'm just going to save. And then if I really get in a situation, I'll have this money to try to, you know, recoup and, and recover and be okay. And I have this insurance and, you know, I think I'll be just fine. Well, that's one of the, the worst ways to live because it just takes one health crisis to bankrupt you. Unless you're Bill Gates, you're just one health crisis away from losing all that money. And one of the biggest epidemics that's happening right now in our philosophy and the way we treat ourselves and the way we look at others and the way we tell others to do things is the work, work, work mentality all your life neglecting your health, putting your job first, putting all these things first so that you can be happier with your money, your things, your cars, your vacations, whatever that might be, just to have the average American, the majority of Americans having to, once they get into that retirement stage, have to spend all that hard-earned cash just trying to get back their health. It's a really screwed up model. It's a really bad philosophy, isn't it? But we're creatures of habit. We want to have the instant gratification on things. We want to keep up with the Joneses sometimes. We think we're tough. We think it's an ego thing. Guess what, guys and gals? If you remember one thing from today, remember this phrase. Your ego is not your amigo. All right? It is not going to serve you. Your ego is not your friend. Your ego is what's going to get you in trouble that the extends yourself out where you don't take care of your finances that doesn't allow you to cultivate your relationships your spousal relationships your children relationships your friendships right these are the the ego is what's going to tell you hey you know what you can deal with this it's not that bad you can keep on going and you're just going to continue to go down that path why not change a different philosophy right why don't you take a proactive choice and method when it comes to your health well, let's look at the finances. Let's look at the numbers. What do the numbers really say? Well, they've done a lot of research on this. When I say they, I'm talking about big financial institutions, banks, insurance companies, National Institutes of Health. And what they found was that for every dollar you end up spending on your health, you end up saving $7 in disease. Wow. How about those apples, right? How would you like to have that extra money in those retirement years, be able to live now like you really enjoy living. So here's, here's the lowdown. 
really evaluate how you take care of yourself. Really evaluate how you're approaching different pillars of your life. You know, I've heard different speakers and and different professionals and experts talk about different pillars and different areas of your life. You know, they include things from, you know, your spiritual life, your finances, your relationships, your physical body, your emotional being. Uh, there's, I mean, there's the list can go on and on. I mean, I've seen as many as like seven different pillars. There's some people, five, three. But the fact is, where, do you, where are you at with those things? What do you value most in your life? So I really want you to think about this. And, and write this down. This is a great practice to do. Is just sit down and list out the top 10 things you value in your life. There's no right or wrong answer. Write them down. It could be something materialistic. It could be your home. It could be the... 57 Corvette that you love that's sitting in your garage, whatever it is, it could be your family, it could be your health, it could be uh, ministry that you're involved in, whatever it is, the top 10 things that you value in your life. And then that'll really help you understand what you need to start making decisions on and how to protect those things you value most in your life. And then you can start to develop a better philosophy around those things. You know, the, the philosophy of being preventative in your life is huge, especially when it comes to your health, but also when it comes to your marriage. Are you the person that waits until you get in an argument with your wife before you go out and buy flowers? Or are you the person that, hey, out of the blue, it's not a holiday, it's not a day that you're in trouble, you just go out and buy your wife flowers? Are you the person that waits for your children to hate you when they leave the house and they can't wait to leave you? Or are you being preventative? Are you creating those mom-son dates, taking that extra time to spend those things with your child, the daddy-daughter dates? Are you doing those things to to spoil um, your kids in a way, not to make them entitled, but I mean spoiling them and, and showing them how to treat a woman, right? Or what they should look for in a spouse and in a partner and instill those things in them. When you look in your spiritual life, are you waiting until you're at the crisis before you finally decide to pray out to God and hoping that something finally sticks and he listens? Or are you giving gratitude every day, even when life isn't that great? And it'd be a lot easier to just knock it out of bed and it'd be a lot easier to just say, screw it. I don't want to thank anyone today. I can't think of anything good and just go on about your day. So when we start to change the way we view and manage our life, and especially our health, life gets a whole lot easier. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, hey, it's, it's easy to create those habits, because it's not. Or that it's not easy to, to budget and, and pull maybe some money away from these things that don't really create all that much value in your life, that isn't really a big rock to you. Like, say, maybe you pull the money away from buying that brand new fancy car and you buy the one that's used so that you can take that difference and that down payment and actually put it towards something that's going to help give you longevity. You know, maybe it's doing something to train your mind. Maybe you go to a, a conference to help empower you so that you can get better at your profession, your job, and make even more money so that you can not only afford the car that you want, but you can... Make sure you're taking care of yourself and never sacrificing on taking care of you. 
Are you reaching out to help others first? Or are you helping yourself first? Now, you could argue this one two different ways. But there's different ways of looking at it in different scenarios. But the bottom line is, and the very bottom line is, this like bottom straight bottom line, you have to be well. And the only way you can be well is if you're taking care of yourself. And when you're well and in a good place, then you can help others. And you can help others to their full potential as well. But you can't give from an empty cup. It's not going to work. It's not going to empower the other person that's sitting across from you. And it's just going to continue to create resentment in yourself, resentment in your spouses, the people around you. But here's the big deal. You might think, hey, you know what? I don't want to change my philosophies and how I deal and, and look at life and, and the way I'm going is just fine. I'm doing just fine. But look at the people around you. How are those actions and habits affecting other people in your life? Right? Just to give you an example, I had a patient come in a couple months back. Didn't think that they were really in that bad of a situation. Had some pain, some headaches, some back pain, some digestive issues, some problems with the prostate, on a couple different medications, high blood pressure medication, cholesterol medications, some Nexium for the digestive stuff. But they thought, you know what, it's not that bad. It's not a big a deal. It's not affecting me. Right? I can keep going on. Well, the spouse was the one that brought them in. Because obviously it was affecting that spouse. It was affecting other people in his circles. And we went through, you know, the exam and, you know, looked at the nervous system, looked at the other five foundations of his health to see where there were areas that were lacking and, and figured out that there were some serious problems going on. His body was literally breaking down on the inside. You know, there's only four phases of degeneration of your spine. And when you get to phase four, that's a horrible quality of life. Like that's, you're talking to a surgeon. You're medicated. You're not enjoying life at all. And he was already in a phase three degeneration, moving towards a phase four. And that made sense to me. It resonated. And so, okay, it got personal to him. So he started to go through his care, started to make changes. Sure, the, the back pain went away. The headaches got better. Uh, the digestive problems started to clear up. He started to get off the medications for different things. And yeah, he was feeling better. That was great. But more importantly, things started to change in his own life. And when his wife came in with him for his progress evaluation to see how things were doing, she told me, she's like, Dr. Chris, um, my husband's a different man now. Like, we don't fight like we used to. He's a happier person to be around. He's not so grouchy. In fact, I haven't told him this because I take care of the finances, but he's been actually making more money in his job in sales. We've been having more at the end of the month left over to do things that we're going to do. In fact, we're going to go out and I haven't told him this yet, but we actually have enough now to go on this vacation that we've been saving up for, for years. And it finally just got that big bump. I thought it was going to be a couple more years before we could even go on this thing. And we're going to go be able to go to Europe and, and live out our, our dream. And it's something we dreamed so long for um, as well. And the husband had no idea. It was affecting him. His kids, um, he was doing more with his kids. It's like, you know, Dr. Chris, since I started changing and getting better on the inside, it's it's resonated on the outside. He's like, you know, my kids actually um, enjoy hanging out with me. We do more now. And he didn't put that together at first, that it was, you know, just changing his mindset because he was being proactive again. He was starting to get, you know, out of that crisis state. And sometimes we can get you out of that crisis state 
and sometimes we can't, but the worst thing to do is to just think, oh, it's too bad. You're too bad off. You can't do anything about it. And just going on in your life and just keep going down the road you're going down and thinking that, hey, it's not that bad when really there's might be some serious things going on inside your body. But the longer we put things off, do they get better or worse? Yeah, every time they get worse. So look at your philosophy. Look at those values. Write those things down. Really hone in on what's most important to you in your life and then start to build a game plan. Create three action steps on how you can make sure that those values in your life are met, that they're protected, not just for the next three to six months, but for the next 30 to 60 years, right? And then check in with those because it's really easy to get off course. It's really easy, especially when it comes to our health, to just start watching those commercials, you know, the drug commercials. You know what I'm talking about, right? Where three quarters of the commercial is just talking about all the horrible side effects, side effects that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy, but they try to cover it up with pretty pictures and scenes and people looking happy and frolicking. And that's not the reality that we want for you. All right. So reevaluate those things. Start to live a purpose driven life. Start to be changing a philosophy that's congruent to your values. And hey, if, if you look at all the, the pros and cons and you look at it and you say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Dr. Chris, I looked at it and I'm, I'm still good just, you know, being reactive. Hey, all the power to you. I'm not here to tell you how to think. My goal is to challenge the way you think about your health. So if you're the person right now that's struggling with a symptom, you know, you might not think it's that big of a deal, but if you continue to leave it like that, do big deals start off as big deals or do they usually start off as little deals and get worse, right? When you have that tire on your car that has some low tire pressure, not that big a deal. But the longer you continue to drive it there, the more it starts to wear out the tire, the front end alignment, and it starts to have less air in the tire, more and more, the tread starts to wear, and then boom, it hits. And you're, you blow out your tire and you swerve off the road and you get in a huge accident and maybe you have some serious injuries. Like, like there's a thing that starts small and just like in your body, your body doesn't hit a crisis just like that. I mean, there's a small percentage that, okay, you get hit by a bus. Okay. That's going to be where a huge crisis comes in. But for 99% of you, that's not it. It's the slow death. It's the interference to that body's ability to heal and repair slowly breaking down by the choices you're making on a daily basis that are allowing you to end up with the results you currently have. All of our results in our life, and you can look at this and, and agree with me or not, but all of the results you have in your life, only one person is responsible for, which is you. You've made choices that have led you down a road, that have led you down a situation. You've created habits in your life that have put you in a state, a position, a situation of where you lie now. And the worst thing you could do is just at that point when you know, what hits the fan to just blame cast on someone else. When you really, you just got to look at the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror and understand that wherever you're at right now, you can start to change where you're at. You can start to change what's happening in your life. You can start to create new habits in your life and really have the life that God has designed you to live. I think back to the, one of the, saddest places 
there is on earth. And for me, I view a graveyard. And it's not because someone has lost their life, although that's sad. But I think the saddest part is that graveyard is not filled with sadness because of the bodies that lay rest there, but rather because of all the lost potentials that never happened. All the great ideas that never got put through to fruition and the memories that were lost and the fortunes that were lost and the purpose that was lost because those people never changed their ways. They never changed the philosophy to allow them to reach their fullest potential. So I want you to reach your fullest potential. Start to change that philosophy. Recheck your philosophy in life, in your health, and start to live a better life today. Remember, your body needs no help healing, just no interference. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please help more people in reaching their fullest potential and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. For show notes and other free resources we mentioned today, go to newedgewellness.com.